bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mansa Otobi. And now, today's word. This morning, uh, my message is titled, How to be satisfied without money. (laughs) I'm sure you're asking, is it possible to be satisfied without money? Because money plays a very major role in our lives. But I'm going to show you another currency we have by which we can acquire things in life. We spent the last six uh, weeks or so talking about faith and we've considered faith to become, faith to refuse, and faith to receive. And faith is not just a subject we must study, it is something that we must live by. The just shall live by faith. And uh, what I'm teaching on today is an aspect of faith uh, that helps us to live satisfied without money. My opening text is from the book of Isaiah and chapter 55 and verse number 1. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 1. And if you are there, we hear the reading of God's word. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. So, you can be satisfied without money. The immediate context of this uh, text is in relation to forgiveness of sin when God is calling Israel, which is backsliding, to come and buy, and he's talking about forgiveness of sin. But there is an underlying principle, and this principle goes beyond receiving divine forgiveness or God's forgiveness. The principle uh, works beyond forgiveness, and I'm going to work with that. So the underlying principle is that we can be satisfied in life without money. We can be satisfied in life without money. I know that money plays a big role in our lives, and all of us I wish that we had a lot of it. And when we don't have it, uh, we, we become very, very depreciated. Uh, we, 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 get, we become diminished. We lose our confidence. And uh, our expression just shows that it's not going well. But we can be satisfied in life without money. And the second statement I want to make, uh, based on Isaiah 55 verse 1, is that the lack of money should not stop us from receiving what God has for us. The lack of money should not stop us from receiving what God has for us. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
money or the lack of it is not a limitation to what God wants to bless us with. So when God wants to give you something, when God wants to bless you, whether or not you have money would not be the basis of what he wants to give to you. Money is not the only currency for acquiring what we need. The passage clearly says that no matter how high priced a thing is, we can acquire it even if we don't have money. I will not assume that the people in this church today have no money. Neither will I assume that the people watching me have no money. Uh, But should that be your situation, money is not a limitation to God's blessing in your life. I I thought somebody would say amen to that. (laughs) Oh yes, money is not a limitation. But there is a caveat. There is a caveat. So you don't acquire those things that the passage is talking about from the shop or from the supermarket. You don't acquire them from the vendor. You acquire them from the one who says, come, and that is Jehovah. So I'm not by any means saying that go to a shop or supermarket in Accra and say, I am buying this without money. Because Pastor Otterbus says, I can buy things without money. You don't buy these things from the shop. You buy them from the Lord God who says, come and buy. So he is the shopkeeper saying, I have some things I want to sell to you, but you don't need money to get them because I can give them to you whether you have money or not. I don't know about you, but I like this shopkeeper. Don't you like this shopkeeper? Don't you like to go to a shop where the shopkeeper or the owner of the store says, you can buy everything you want without money. What a rush that would be on that shop. So, it's a, it's a radical thought. We are conditioned to think that if we don't have money, we cannot do anything. And there are many people waiting and sitting and hoping that one day they will find money and then they will be happy and do the things that they want to do. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we live life and be satisfied and acquire things from God without money? And to learn how to do that, we are still in Isaiah 58, uh, 55, but we go to verse 8. Because there we find the how. Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 8 to verse 11. This is God speaking. The same person who says come buy without money is the same person speaking. And he says from Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And I'm going to take time to break it down. Now in this section of Isaiah 53, God is differentiating himself from us. He's differentiating himself from you and me and him. We are on one side and God is on the other side. And he says to differentiate, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. So what is God saying? That God doesn't think as we think. If we're going to learn to live without money, we have to understand God doesn't think as we think. We think if I don't have money, I can't make it. God says, if you don't have money, you can make it. We think if I don't have money, I will never be happy. God says, if you don't have money, you can be happy. We think if I don't have money, I cannot achieve anything. God thinks if you don't have money, you can do all things. So God doesn't think as we think. And that's an astonishing understatement because God is the creator of the universe. He actually created our brains so we can't think like him because his thinking is way bigger than ours. Not only does God not think like us, but God doesn't act as we act. His ways are not our ways. His ways are infinitely different from us. When we are looking at a situation and to solve a situation, let's let's say you go to uh, a shop to buy something and uh, you have, let's say, a hundred cities in your pocket, physical cash, and maybe 50 cities in your bank account. Or let's say 200 cities in your bank account. So total, whether digital or actual, 300. But the thing you want to buy is 600 cities. So you go out there, you see what you want to buy, 600 cities, digital money, 200, actual money, 100, total 300. You just leave the 600 item there and go home. Because your only option for acquiring it is to use either your digital money or your actual money. But when God is faced with such a situation, he has an infinite ways, infinite ways of acquiring it. So you have only one way of acquiring it. God's ways are so much. He can use so many different methods to acquire it, including giving favor before you to the shopkeeper who can tell you, although you don't have money, take it and go. Now, you, you, that is not an option, but for God, that is an option. Or a stranger will come and buy for you. That's an option God can exercise. Or somebody will come and give you money. That's another option. Or you get an alert on your phone and it tells you that you now have a thousand cities and that is an option of God. So whereas we have only one way of looking at the problem, God can use so many ways to solve 
the problem. So he says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Don't ever think that because you are limited, God is limited. Because you can't do it, God cannot do it. Because everybody says it is not done, it is not done. Because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And then he says that the difference between his ways and our thoughts are as the heavens from the earth. In other words, the gap between God's thought and our thought is like the entirety of the universe. Your mind can't even get it. So God has an awesome, infinite possibility of doing things differently from us. So, if he says, come buy without money, he's showing you one of the ways in which we can acquire things. So how does God help us to understand this way? In verse 10 he says, For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. God uses an idiom of expression called comparative analogy. To help us to understand how things work. Because he cannot tell us how things work in his mind. He has to come to our world and show us how things work on earth. And compare it with how things work with him. So he's using the rain and the snow to show us how he does things. So... The basic point God is making is that as rain is to the earth, so is God's word to us. As rain is to the earth, so is God's word to us. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it so God says as you see the rain do so my word does so we want to understand how does God give us things without money he says watch how this, the rain does it because that's how my word also does it so how does the rain do it. When it rains, as far as I have, I have lived on this earth, I've never seen the rain go up. Have you seen rain, rain going up? No. No. The rain comes from up and it falls down. And since we don't have snow here in Ghana, we'll leave snow alone for the snow people. But rain comes from the heavens or above and it falls down and when the rain falls down it releases water and the water goes to the earth and when it goes to the earth the earth begins to receive new life and every seed that is planted in the earth or seeds that are planted in the, into the earth begin to bud and to blossom the seed is not the rain, neither is the rain the seed. The seed is the thing which must grow, but it cannot grow 
simply by being in the earth. Something must come and change the way the earth is so that it will help the seed. And what the water does is that it takes nutrients from the earth, it feeds it into the seed, and when the seed germinates, it allows the seed to blossom. So God says that's what happens. That's how the earth produces things. The earth produces things because rain comes down. And he says, in the same way, I produce things. But I don't use rain, I use my word. So what the rain does to the earth, my word does to you. If you want to know how you're going to acquire things without money, God says, look at how the rain makes things germinate. Because my word does exactly the same. It also makes things germinate. There are things that God wants to germinate in our lives, but it's going to take his word. All right. So God's word comes out of his mouth. That's what the passage is saying. His word comes out of his mouth. So when God speaks a word, it's come out of his mouth. And he says, I want you to picture my word as rain. Just as the rain comes down, when I speak, my word is like rain. It's coming down out of my mouth. And then he says three things about the word that comes out of his mouth. He says, first, it shall not return void. It shall not return void. The word void means empty of possession. God's word shall not return to him empty. Now, what does that mean? We have to go back to the natural analogy. When the rain falls to the ground, it releases water. The rain has some chemical compositions. They go to the soil, they pick nutrients from the soil, and then they feed the plant. Eventually, the rain goes up back. The water goes up through evaporation. It goes back. But before it goes back, it would have accomplished the purpose for which it was sent. The purpose was go and get the earth to be fruitful. So by the time the rain is evaporating, the earth is becoming fruitful. And God says that is how his word is. By the time his word goes back to the sender, it would have accomplished the purpose for which it was sent. So, his word will not return void. Secondly, his word will accomplish what God pleases. His word would accomplish what God pleases. Whatever God wants to do, He speaks it. When we want things, we have to use all kinds of means to make them. So God wants light. He doesn't go to build a dam, generate electricity, connect cables, create a bulb, and do a connection. That's how humans do it. If we want electricity, we're going to take all that process. When God wants light, he says, let there be light. Why? Because his word release is like rain. And when the word goes, it will not get back to God unless it has accomplished the purpose for which it is sent. Every word of God has within it 
something it must accomplish. And the third thing is that the word shall prosper in what it is sent to do. So when God says, be healed, that word shall prosper in what it is sent to do. If God says, be fruitful, that word will accomplish, will prosper in what it is sent to do. It's very interesting when I was studying this text and I looked up the the words in their original form and the Old Testament was written originally in Hebrew and translated to English. So I went to look up the Hebrew rendering that is translated as prosper because when we say the word shall prosper, we, we think rich. It will be rich. When someone says you shall prosper, it means you will be rich. It will be well with you. But what was the original word prosper? And the word that is translated prosper carries these ideas. First, force entry. Force entry. It also means to cut through. It means to succeed. I said, whoa. So when God says, my word shall prosper, what it means that it will force to enter the situation. So when God says, let there be, if there is a resistance, if there is something that is trying to stop that word, the word of God will force through it. It will force through it. So there is nothing that can resist the word of God from becoming a reality because the word of God will force through it. And not only will the word of God force through it, it means that God will cut through every barrier that stands in the way of his word. If a mountain stands in the way, his word will cut through the mountain. And then it means that his word will succeed in the assignment it has been sent to accomplish. By the time God's word lands and it returns to God, mission will be accomplished. So this is what God is saying. When he says to the people, come by without money, that word, he says, will not return void. But it shall prosper. In other words, everything I say you should acquire without money. If, if my word goes out, it will force every situation to yield to it. I don't know about you, but God is about to force into your situation. He's about to force every barrier to be broken. He's about to force every mountain to come down. It has resisted you. It has stood against you all this time. But there is a force. It is the force of God's word and it's coming against whatever is resisting you because his word will prosper in the thing it has been sent to accomplish. That's how you can acquire things even though you don't have money. Because God's word out of his mouth is our currency to purchase everything he has promised us. God's word out of his mouth 
is our currency to purchase everything he has promised us. So if God wants to forgive you of your sins, he's going to wrap his forgiveness in his word and send the word of forgiveness to you. You remember the woman caught in adultery? The law said she should be stoned. And Jesus just said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That word instantly broke every sin in her life and gave her forgiveness of sins. When Jesus said to a cripple, rise, that word breaks every limitation and performs the purpose for which it was sent. And this morning, God's word is going to force into your situation. I don't know what the enemy has created as a barrier, but there is a force greater than the enemy, the power of Satan, and all the witches and wizards you can imagine. And it is the word of God. It will force, it will prosper in what it has been sent to. If God wants to heal you, his word will do it. But there is something I want you to note. God did not say every word. But he says, my word which comes out of my mouth. My word which comes out of my mouth. That is so important. It's not just the pastor's word. It's not your own word. But he says, my word which comes out of my mouth. In other words, for something to qualify, to prosper in what we are talking about, it has to be the word of God out of the mouth of God. It doesn't just have to be, oh, I feel like I should have this. Or I went to church and my pastor said so and so, so it's going to happen. Or I went to church and a prophet saw me and said so and so, so it's going to happen. No, he says, my word that comes out of my mouth. Because many times we, 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 we wrap our faith around people's words, not God's word. And we say, oh, I, I believe it's going to happen. How, why do you believe it's going to happen? Oh, I, 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 I feel it inside me. Yeah, it's good to feel it inside you. But God says, it is my word which has come out of my mouth. That means to do this, as he tells us in Isaiah, to be able to live life satisfied without money, we have to latch on to the word that comes out of the mouth of God. So before we close today, I'm going to give you some words that came out of the mouth of God. And if you believe them, they will happen. First, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1 to 3. It says, give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teachings drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as rain drops in the ten, on the tender herb, and as showers on the grass. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, 
and I ascribe greatness to our God. Moses made this statement. Moses says, my teaching is like rain. Now how can Moses, a human being, say his word is like rain, just like God's word is rain? But he answers, because I proclaim the name of the Lord and ascribe greatness to our God. In other words, God's word out of my mouth is like God's word out of his mouth. God's word out of my mouth is like God's word out of his mouth because I'm ascribing it to him. He said it and I said it. And, and so although it's coming from my mouth is no longer my word. It is God's word. I, are you following me? So God's word out of my mouth is like God's word out of his mouth. And it is this word that God says will go and accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. So I'm going to give you three areas and I'll give you scriptures for it. And then we close. First, if you want your sins forgiven, this is the word from God's mouth to you. This is not Pastor Table's words. This is not your church's word, words. This is not a, some, some man of God or woman of God's word. This is God's word from his mouth. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. This is the word from the mouth of God. It will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This is God's word out of his mouth. And if you are a sinner, he says, come close and let's talk because I can get rid of every sin in your life. That is God's word out of his mouth. It will not return void, but accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. And today sins are forgiven because of this word. If you want to be healed of all your diseases, this is the word from God's mouth to you. Although I am reading these words, they are not my words. It is God's word out of my mouth. It's like God's word out of his mouth. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. This is God's word out of his mouth. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on which which have on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. God says, If you walk with me, I am the Lord who heals you, and the diseases that fall upon the rest of the world will not fall upon you. Matthew chapter eight. Verse 16 and 17 Concerning Jesus Christ When evening had come They brought him many who were demon possessed And he cast out the spirits with a word And healed all who were sick That it might be fulfilled Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying He himself took our infirmities And bore our sicknesses He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I don't know what sickness, what infirmity, what disease is ailing you, but Jesus Christ himself took that infirmity and bore it. And he is the Lord 
who heals you. This is God's word out of his mouth. If you believe it, it will not return void. Receive healing this morning. If you want to pros- if you want God to prosper the work of your hands, this is the word of God from his mouth. This is God's word out of his mouth. If you want to prosper, how many of you want to prosper? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't lift up your hands, I know you've lifted up your hand. You want to prosper. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. That is God's word out of his mouth. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods. If I was you, this is the place where I would scream, Amen. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. This is God's word out of his mouth. It shall go and it will break every resistance and accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. This word is settled in heaven. This word breaks every barrier. This word accomplishes the purposes of God. And if we latch on to God's word, then his word becomes real in our lives. Just stand with me wherever you are. Just stand with me wherever in your room, wherever you are. Just stand, lift up your right hand and say, Heavenly Father, I receive your word out of your mouth to me for forgiveness of sins for healing for my body for prosperity over the work of my hands I declare that this word shall prosper in what it is sent to do every resistance every resistance every stronghold is broken this word This word, this word prospers in my life. In Jesus name, amen and amen. Give God praise somebody. I don't know about you, but I sense the power of God moving. And you will experience the divine power of God throughout this coming week. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi, email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.